Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, it's Alice, and welcome back to the podcast. For this episode, I'm excited to be meeting for the first time the author, Carolyn Hayes. She has penned a wonderful book that I've just been reading over the last couple of weeks called A Girlhood, Letters to My Transgendered Daughter. Uh, Carolyn, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for writing this book. I mean, obviously, even in the title and the way the book is, is formatted, these are clearly letters to your daughter, and I'm sure that was part of the motivation for writing it. But me, as a reader, realized there's a lot of value here for a lot more people than just your daughter. Tell me a little bit about who, who should read this book and, and what was your motivation for writing it? Well, I think that actually, I, I mean, I knew that I needed to write the book for an audience, you know, and I, I needed the, the, the story to be out in the world. And certainly when I started writing it, actually, things were uh, better for trans people in America. <laughs> and as I was writing, things got worse. 
Um, and, and now are, we're in a really tricky situation politically. And um, but uh, it, so the, the, the broader audience came first, actually, the desire to, to tell our story and have it out there for people um, and to humanize, you know, um, families with trans kids. Um, but I couldn't write it. You know, I didn't know how to write for such a broad audience. How do I write for, you know, a grandparent with a trans kid who might have no understanding, you know, just introductory ideas about what it is to be trans um, to somebody who actually, you know, has, has lived a trans experience and, you know, has, you know, uh, transitioned long ago. So I didn't know how to do it. Once I figured out <clears throat> that it was for my daughter um, specifically, and that that was the beating heart of the whole thing. And that was the reason why I really needed to write it. Um, everything kind of fell into place. So it was backwards, actually, you know, and then the reader is is a listener. They get to hear this intimate conversation, not conversation. I guess it's actually just me, but <laughs> you get the idea. Yeah, but we really get to eavesdrop into your your family life uh, and the journey that you were on. And one of the things that I really appreciated about this book uh, uh, that I thought you did a great job of of making sure was a through line, which was how much joy and positivity is in this in this storyline without um, uh, covering up or minimizing the unique challenges that you folks faced. Yeah, well, there is like, you know, a real story with kind of a mystery to it in this, you know, we were, you know, our daughter had transitioned and within, a, you know, a very short period of time, um, we got a knock at the door that the Department of Children and Families was investigating us because somebody made an anonymous call um, because we were supporting her. Uh, so, you know, there was this like really tense and scary situation. We didn't know who'd made the call. We became paranoid about that. Um, it was a real crisis situation. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that the first line of this is of the book is this is not a tragedy. And I really wanted to make it clear to people that there are, you know, there are incredible crises going on in the trans community, you know, um, the murder of, of especially uh, trans women of color and, you know, and then all these families trying to just go to get have their kids go to school and have rights to education and employment and all that. Um, you know, it was not a tragedy. The actual story that we lived through, although it was hard, really brought us together and galvanized us as a family. And, you know, we're a, a resilient group that had a ton of resources and rallied around each other. So there was a lot of there's I think that the book is sometimes very funny, honestly. <laughs> um, but um, but also certainly, you know, pointed and uh, wrenching in a way. But also, yeah, I'm glad that you picked up on the joy. Yeah, the, the, the joy and the positivity is there without minimizing the challenges. So so just to paint the picture for people that that uh, haven't had a chance to pick up the book and and um, uh, but here you are having grown up in maybe a more um, democratic, liberal kind of childhood yourself. But you're raising your five kids in, in the Bible Belt as a Catholic family. And so here is. Uh, suddenly this realization that you've got a child who 
is at three, correcting your pronouns, wanting to put both pairs of legs into to one side of their shorts so that it's a skirt, wanting to, to be a flight attendant. And at a very, very young age, you're having to go on this first quest of understanding what's going on. And a lot of parents listening to this podcast may be picking up on the title of your book and, and asking themselves, you know, I've got some, you know, behaviors at home that I need to understand. And, and you went and did your homework. So can you just... Can you share for those people who don't know, because I don't want to make the assumption, can you please explain the science and, and the genetics, et cetera, that you learned in doing your own research so that people really have an understanding of what it is to be a transgendered child? Well, first of all, I just like to say that, you know, boys should be allowed to play with whatever they want to. Girls should be allowed to play with whatever they want to. And we should not panic, you know? (laughs) So um, do not think that you're raising a trans child just because your kid, you know, um, is not doing the stereotypical play that you would expect. Uh, Our situation was much more um, acute. It was very consistent. We had a real situation. And if you have that situation, you'll know it. You know, this is a kid who's having some distress real distress around gender um and, and you follow i kind of tell i mean i have never met maude but i'm already in love with her because i she's such an extrovert i mean i keep thinking what if it was somebody who didn't have such a voice if it didn't have such a a safe home environment to speak up the way that she did she was so clear concise as you say right yeah i mean i honestly we my husband would say i think she learned to talk just to tell us that we were wrong you know <laughs> Um, yes, she was very, very, very clear and adamant. Um, and you know, she is a blast to be around and we, you know, we love her. Um, but, um, but yeah, and I think that a lot of times too, sometimes people will say that I, in parent groups, you'll hear people say, I had no idea there were no signs. And then when you talk to the kids, they say, uh, I told them a lot of times I, 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 I came out to them in many different ways over and over again. And so there's some denial that parents are on, you know, that there's healthy denial. They're not ready. I I try to be as gentle with parents on that journey as possible um, because it's not an easy journey. Um, But again, the, the, the phrase that comes up again and again in the trans community is that we follow the lead of the kid. Um, you know, so, you know, what, wherever that takes you, you're not forcing your ideas on the kid and you're not pushing them in any way. You're really listening to them um, and, and you're on that journey to guide them, you know, and help them. Um, yes. Yeah. So the science, you wanted to know a little bit about the science. I mean, it's yeah. funny, we, you know, we talk about, you know, gender as a social construct and that's incredibly helpful uh, idea for all of us to have. It's super liberating when you kind of figure out, especially as a woman, like, oh my gosh, you know, people put all this stuff onto me and projected what my femininity should be. And, um, and so that's, you know, when, when you get to kind of be free of that and start to see that for what it is, it's really liberating. Um, but that's not what we're talking about here. You know, we're talking about a deeply held belief about your gender. Um, and so in utero, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into all the science, but, you know, in, in, in utero, um, you know, the, the, there's, you know, different phases where they're actually seeing that gender identity is taking shape. Um, there are parts of the brain that are very clearly, um, that, that have a, a this is all very dangerous to say, but um, feminine brain, the feminine brain and the masculine brain, but, you know, certain parts that are distinguishable and that when you look at a trans girl and a girl who is not trans, the size and shape of that area are similar, 
ditto with a you know trans boy, a trans man, and um, a, 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 somebody who's cisgender, not trans. Again, similar. So, um, so when when we're talking about you know, I, I always think about how wonderful autism awareness. <laughs> You know, that that whole program, a lot of different groups really pushing an entire country and world to understand that community and how they're different, you know, and it's, you know, and it's part of the brain and they're not being disrespectful when they don't look you in the eye, you know, like we, we as a whole culture figured out, you know, how to, how to expand and, and think about neurodiversity. Um, we're not there yet, you know, necessarily with gender diversity. And there's all different ways of looking at it. Um, but, you know, it's very complex. I mean, I think one of the things when I hear people say, you know, there's two boxes, one marked M and one marked F, and you have to pick one or that there's something a child is born. And what is blatantly obvious by anybody walking by that child, by, you know, just deciding that that's what that child is going to be. That's just not how medicine and science works anymore. You know, we don't go, you know, people don't go and observe something deeply and then come back and say, oh, actually, it's simpler than we thought. It's actually, we're learning how complex and rich and gorgeous the architecture of the brain is and the body and our chemistry and, you know, the hormones in utero and all the different things that make us who we are, are fascinating and stunning. And so for me, that has also a scientific, but also a really spiritual component you know, for me, like I, I think of people who reduce male and female are oftentimes sometimes, you know, the religious right. They want it to be super simple. Um, and I'm like, well, God didn't make things simple. He made us gorgeous and stunning and detailed and <laughs> ornate, you know. Um, so sometimes when I see that reductive behavior, I'm like, it feels like that they're snubbing God's design for yeah. me, you know, and I'm like, enjoy it. This is beautiful. This is complex and rich. And so uh, it's a long answer to your question. Oh, no, it's a it's a great answer. And it reminds me of a book that also um, really shaped my thinking, which is Andrew Solomon. Oh, yes. Wrote, do you know the book Far From the Tree? Yes, I love it. I love, yeah. I love his work. Yeah, he's yeah, great. You know, and he talks about people that, you know, with short stature who have the opportunity to have their like bones pulled and extended. And they say like, well, then I would just be a short person with long legs. Why would I do that? You know, like, it's like, we, yes. we have this deep sense of self and, and it's absolutely wonderful and beautiful and, and, and meant to be, as you say, diversity is one of our great strengths. And so, um, but, but I, I want, I wanted to share some of that science behind it because one of the things that when I hear this, not just from parents in my private practices, I'm trying to help them as they're you know, starting to pick up on some of these clues and are looking for me for guidance. And I'm trying to give them um, good information and confidence and get them to read your book. Uh, but, you know, I also train I was training a, um, you know, a, a large conference center full of counselors who were getting their continuing ed credits in Iowa. And it was when Trump was in office. It was the first live presentation I had done since COVID. And um, I mean, this is I was a very uh, Republican. I know you were in the Deep South, but you know, there's these held beliefs and these counselors were you know, arguing it was they were changing the um, law about um, youth's access to hormone treatments and surgeries and things like this. And it was all happening during the conference. And these people were really like these kids are just being influenced by their friends and it's TikTok and Instagram. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, I can't believe I'm on stage as the presenter. 
having to go here with people that are supposedly in my profession and should should be more on top of this. But anyways, I went to bat. I did. Um, so, but for those parents who say, oh, it's just their best friend or, oh, everybody's pan and fluid now. Like, there's, it's, it's, it's really... Um, uh, disrespectful to not um, not come at it with the, um, the the follow the child's lead approach. Yeah, what a weirdly LGBT pro LGBTQ wildly optimistic view of <laughs> what the future of gender is going to be. I, I don't see it personally, but yeah. I mean I think that we are embracing the middle. But my daughter is is very very much. Um, a girl and, and and she embraces the binary so hard <laughs> that I, I get uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> like, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, this whole idea that it's a choice, that it's a phase, that it's an influence. I mean, I think that we are seeing the numbers grow because suddenly we have more, um, you know, a language for this, right? So I, I believe that there have been, well, there have been documented trans people throughout history and all cultures. So we know that trans people have already always existed. Um, so yeah, so I, I actually, I, I really appreciated the, the, uh, the sightings that you gave of, um, not only like the, the deep history and the different places around the world and how this is, you know, uh, um, I, like I loved all that. I found that very fascinating. Um, but but not only just that it was fascinating, but also to to give the reminder that there has been other times in history where we've been better at this than oh, yeah. in than in North America right now. So that yeah. that was hopeful to me to say we yeah. can get back to the 1500s in Spain, people. We can get back to the Dominican Republic and the little town of Salinas where, you know, everyone's born a girl and at puberty, some of them turn into boys. And, we, you know, we, we got this. Humans can actually, you know, have an open mind. They really can. Yeah, the, well, it is interesting, the genetics. I mean, it's not all kids. I mean, kids are instantly are born, you know, male and female. And then some of them change because of the, of the very interesting quirk of genetics there. Yeah. Um, so we people d- just don't really aren't really embracing that genetic. We know that there's a genetic component to being trans because we know that if you're an identical twin, you are far more likely that your identical twin will also be trans. So we definitely know that we also are kind of figuring out that there's some autism overlap too. My daughter had, does not have autism, but um, there's a big portion of the autistic community that's trans larger than the general population. And ditto within the trans community, there's a chunk that's bigger than the of auti- people with autism. So we are seeing, we do know that there um, it is a genetic component. Um, I, I love all of the science because it just says, hey, this is not just a choice. It's not just a phase and all of that. But at the bottom line, I mean, I did a ton of like why and I was just intellectually curious. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. None of it matters because, of course, being trans does no harm. You know, what I mean, the people who are trans and living their adult lives as dentists or there's a ju- very famous uh, trans judge in Texas. I mean, like, you know. We have people who, um, you know, have invented brilliant things and have served on the Obama cabinet. So we're like, we're gonna, we're fine. <laughs> Trans people are fine. And one of the things that I would say to the parents is, it's hard to imagine a future. You, you don't realize how much you have imagined the future of your child and invested in it until you have to change it in a fundamental way. And once it, some people just can't. They just can't re-envision the future. Some future has been taken away. And a lot of it is because they've been wrapped up in this child being a reflection of them. 
that the child is an extension of them, that the child is going to right the wrongs and, you know, they, you know, be the, 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 pl the player on the team that they couldn't be or whatever. Um, and none of our kids are that each of our kids are put on this earth completely uniquely their own, um, with their own autonomy. Um, but you know, what it re really helps, I think parents is to hear from parents like me and parents who have um, of, you know, people who are running for office right now or in office, Delaware state senator who is trans and has a fantastic family. Um, there are futures here. They're bright. <laughs> you know, um, your kid is going to go to college and, and have a good career and do their thing. And um, again, it's like, don't panic one, <laughs> one way or the other. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And to your point, like that is, and whether that is with a trans uh, parent understanding that and changing the future, whether that's uh, finding out that your child has like a lifelong disability. Exactly. I think there's a, like a parallel there where we really send this doom and gloom sort of storyline that's not really helpful. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, let's face it, you did have that knock on the door. You were living in an environment where they would have, had you not played your cards exactly right, and then you made the big decision to move your family, um, mm -hmm. you, you, you could have possibly had Maude removed from your home with allegations that you were mistreating her, which just blows my mind. And then you face this again with um, in the education system, with the Catholic education system, with getting health care from your health care provider. So like there truly are, you, you know, hurdles to overcome that you might not think of when you're starting off on this journey, but, but neither can it be oh, this is the worst news. I, ha I have a child who's trans and now they're going to have this, you know, terrible life because of all the hurdles against them. Like we have to balance those two being realistic about the challenges and also saying there's absolutely great things ahead. Yeah, I think that parents do have to be smart and steal themselves. And if, you know, if you have any bandwidth and, and, and you can work in any area to break people down or open people up, you do it, you know? Um, yeah, there's a great quote by Nick Krieger, who is a writer, brilliant writer, now a, now a, um, a therapist, and um, had a book called Nina Here Nor There, and he's trans. And he said, you know, when I asked him about his own, because I, I don't know how to, I'm not trans, my husband's not trans. So, you know, again, far from the tree, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and I asked him, you know, what it, what he wished 
how he wished he'd been raised differently. And he said he wished that people would not have kept telling him how hard his life would be, but, but instead how wonderfully rich it would be, how his journey would expand him as a person and really um, teach him so much compassion and empathy for others. And so I really love that because what I didn't know was, you know, that I was going to be up against, you know, I would that my daughter would be banned from the high school that I went to. Right. I didn't know that, you know, she as just a little girl trying to get in with a doctor to have a conversation about this um, would be called a psychosexual deviant by my health insurance. Right. <laughs> I love that line. How can you call her a psychosexual a deviant when she still believes in Santa Claus and she just <laughs> learned to knit? I mean, it's like, oh, people. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know like why those two examples came to my mind, but that's what I said on the call. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't know all of those things. Um, but uh, I also didn't know how fantastic it would be, you know, I, for me, for uh, my husband, um, it was like, I'm going to learn how to play golf. Like we've got older kids. I've got this down. I know how to parent. You know, we were cocky. Um, it really broke us open. And and then once you see something so amazing like that about like just all the gender di diversity that had been there all along through our entire lives that we missed out on, but then also really understanding with much more empathy, other like, uh, you know, communities of color where the knock on the door, you know, happens more often you know i mean we have a long history of of also taking children from native americans we were doing it while i was writing this book at the border it was policy to take children away from their parents when they were crossing the border um, under the trump administration and then of course i would never in a million million years have thought that what happened to us in the south which seemed like just a miss deep terrible but misunderstanding and you know kind of this horrific mistake and nightmare that it would be policy in the state of texas where you know home to like 26 million people where there, that would be the policy whenever anyone is is supporting their trans child you have to uh you know call them out make the call create it start an investigation that in a Republican state, if they were to go up against a judge, you know, could lead in them losing custody. So the horror of that is incredible. I am stunned that I live in a country where what happened to us seemed like such a good idea to certain Republicans that they made it into law. Of course, that law is being, you know, questioned and challenged, but uh, it's stunning to me. So as we, so, you know, I, I mean, I'm an ally, but even as I'm reading your book, I thought, oh boy, you know, I could be a bad ally because I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm seeing it through fresh eyes, having read your book, which I'm so appreciative and which is why I'm encouraging people to read it. But I absolutely would have goofed up and said things that I shouldn't have said, uh, or, or like I can see doing faux pas out of ignorance that is not where my heart is, but I could see being uneducated and, and being one of those people that would trip up. Um, and, and you, you talked about that with the, um, the being so brave, 
you know, like mm-hmm. this, like using brave, you're talking about, you know, with Lizzo and um, this sort of glorification of bravery, which is like, why, why are we using this word? And I just thought I, I would have done that. I could have seen myself. I, I didn't know that wasn't necessarily the most supportive thing to say. So can you give us like, if we're allies and we want to be helpful, what is helpful? What should we be doing? And what is not helpful? And what do we need to just realize that a, a good-hearted person who just isn't educated is going to be, make these mistakes and maybe we could avoid them if we talk about it? Well, I would say, you know, allies and also the trans community too, we need to, um, you know, not punish people with the right hearts in the right place. Um, and they're gentle corrections, you know, to make. Um, and it's quite different than somebody who is consistently misgendering. And, you know, there's there's a big difference in, in those kinds of things. I also think like the older trans community sometimes doesn't have the new lingo down. And I want to honor and support and thank the older trans community. So, I mean, I think sometimes language um, gets in our way and um, and really takes away from the fact there's a lot of friendly fire there. And mm-hmm. I want to avoid all of that. And I want to make sure that we're getting to the people who, who need and can help and be encouraged to help because the trans community is so small. Uh, we need every ally we can get. <laughs> um, yeah. So when when Harvey Milk was like, we need to be more visible when he was speaking of the gay and lesbian community, it's harder for trans people to be visible because I don't know if it's harder. I mean, it was hard then, very hard then. I mean, they risked everything. Um, but, you know, in, but because of assault and violence, it is tricky to, to be out. Um, some people don't have the choice. They, they are visibly trans. Um, but I think that, um, you know, they had bigger numbers <laughs> and ours are even smaller. So we definitely need to invite every single person who has that good open heart into the conversation and just have gentle conversation about, Hey, you know, getting it wrong or whatever. Um, I'm fine with being called brave. That, that that's cool. Um, and let's get down to business, you know, <laughs> and getting down to business is making sure even the people who, for example, made the woman, the person who made the call to our house, um, who I, I think I know, who, but I don't, will never know. Um, or even the person who made the call that shut down Boston Children's Hospital um, last month. Um, there were death threats against the gender clinic there, um, against doctors because of podcasts and people who were really going after these doctors and gender clinics and targeting them with and and then sending all of that information out to their listeners as a way to get clicks and to create fear mongering and to make money. And we and we need to make, I, I think of the person who made the call, the bomb threat, I think of that person as a victim because they are being used as a pawn in this fear mongering. We need a villain, the Republican party needs a villain, you know, and um, not all of them are doing it, but so many are using trans people to create policy and fix a problem that is not a problem. Um, so I think we need to make sure that we're calling out the people who need to be called out. Um, and that goes for, you know, Paxton in, in Texas and Abbott in Texas, but all of these uh, lawmakers who are just not letting, just not following the American Medical Association, not following the Academy of Pediatrics, like just not letting trans kids get the care that they need have access to the education that they deserve. And um, we just need to make sure that we're all pointing in the right direction. 
Yeah. Advocate, advocate, advocate. I thought, you know, so, you know, one of the other things that you pointed out was about just the, the, the insidious trans and homophobic messaging that happens in a lot of our uh, comedy. I'm thinking about parents who are just like, you know, oh, of course I'm on board. I, I love this interview. I'm, you know, whatever. And yet they're sitting there and they're watching South Park or whatever, and they're having the little laugh or, you know, I mean, it comes up all the time embedded in comedy and humor. And at some point somebody's like, you know, well, you're just being too politically correct. Can't you roll with it? And it's like, no, not if you've lived that experience. So, so how do we, how do we, respond to our kids do we ban the tv show do we use it as a jumping off place for a conversation how do we get people to open their eyes to the fact that you know those those jokes that are embedded in some of these you know wildly watched shows really are not okay I always like watch the show, have the conversation. I like story, you know, I love, I love comedy <laughs> and I love a bad joke. Like ha- let's have the conversation about the bad joke. The thing about Chappelle is that he's, he's brilliant. He, he's a genius, but he's, he, his, his jokes about trans people are, of course they're offensive. Sure. But they're also just not funny. It's not his a game because he has no idea what he's talking about. Um, it's it, it's like him as has a when when young trans people listen to Ch- Chappelle make those jokes. It's like young Chappelle who grew up doing comedy at like 14 and 15, watching an old white guy do jokes about black people in his community. He's like, the joke's not funny. I'm sure he was like, the joke's not funny because you don't know <laughs> you don't know black people in our community. So uh, and I again, like, I think that Chappelle has now just decided that that's his thing and it gets him a lot of attention and he's going to go for it, which is sad um, because I think he's better than that. But um, yeah, it's weird. I was definitely when I first heard the word transphobic, I thought, OK, that's what I am. I have transphobia. I definitely but I don't know where it came from. I don't know what I you know, where did, where could it have possibly come from? I don't know any trans people. Uh, I knew like one trans person. Um, yeah, it turns out that, um, it was everywhere, you know? So, uh, you know, it was embedded in all kinds of, of, of programming that I'd gotten through the media. So disclosure is a fantastic documentary. It's amazing. If you're like, I, I I don't even I don't see it. What where tell me? You, you point it out to me. I mean, disclosure does an incredible, incredible job of, of really breaking all that stuff down. And it's just a brilliantly made documentary as well. Uh, I will put it in the show notes so people can grab that. I'm sure it's probably available as some download or yes. Netflix or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So what's your call? You know, what's your call to action here? And I know that, again, we've got counselors listening. We've got parents of, of trans kids listening. And we've got parents who just, you know, are, are, you know, just curious and other ones that are wondering, suspicious about what's going on under their roofs. What, what, like, what is our next call to action here? Like, how do we how do we take what you've learned and, you, you know, you've soldiered on further down the path and you're kind of like throwing the information back to people that are a little earlier on the journey? What can we do? What's what's helpful? You know, what is what is an action that I can take? My kids are now 27, 28, um, but I, I still work with families. I work with with uh, teens, youth. Um, I'm, I'm a member of the community. I'm involved with the school boards. I vote. Actually, I vote in a swing state. I just I, I got my vote in. for Yeah, I, I got my vote in for the uh, primaries in Ohio. So 
There you go. I, I, I did that call to action. Um, but what can we do? You know, it's not enough to just say like, I'm, I'm learning and I'm having my eyes opened and I'm, I'm alert and aware. Like we have to do something. I mean, I believe we have to do something. <laughs> let's, let's do the doing. What do we need to do? Yeah. Well, first of all, for any of the parents who are looking for more resources, I put a ton on the, on my website. So if you go to resources at carolynhayes.com, you'll find them. So we'll pop that in there. And it's yeah. about education, knowing your rights, helping people, advocating for yourself, all of that. So there's tons of groups there and resources there that are good and helpful. And they can, they can pinpoint what their issue is. Um, I think one of the things is, you know, pushing back with people within your own community. So, you know, when somebody says the joke and you sometimes you automatically laugh at a joke before you even realize. So that's OK. That that happened. Um, but then you can like kind of push back on the joke or when, you know, you say if somebody's giving misinformation, um, you can just say, hey, that's you know, that's not true. Right. Um, and you can just if you have the right information, you can kind of push back like. Well, no, it's, it's it's not really a phase. I mean, and also trans people have already, always existed. And well, if it was a phase, would it be the worst phase in the world? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's not heroin phase. Like it's we're okay. It's going to be fine. You know, I mean, I think there are there again, like trying to put it in perspective. There's this moral panic, and it it comes in from the left. Uh, there, the far left can can be really radical and aggressive and feel very threatened sometimes the, the trans exclusive radical feminists um and you need to just push back on that and and when you swing it when it swings in from the right it can be really ugly but i think just calming people down there's a actually in the resources there's a new york times op-ed um that is actually kind of pushing back against other new york times op-eds because we've had some New York Times op-eds that were not very helpful to this this discussion and not really helping trans people they're more about like language police and trans people want to police our language you're like no no trans people want to get an education and be able to use the bathroom yeah. trans people want to be able to not get fired for being trans if they come out um you know trans people want housing they want to not got, get beaten to death let's reframe this okay so um, I think that it's really important to just calm people down because this has just become such a, a hot button stirred up by people with some some very cynical motives sometimes, but we need to calm people down and just humanize, humanize. These are these are kids, you know, um, this 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 girl, she wants to play field hockey. <laughs> that's all she's not very good at it <laughs> she's on the bench as most trans kids are not good at sports by the way <laughs> they are like everybody else mediocre poor and occasionally there's a rare person who's excellent but uh, a lot of them not that great so let them play sports for all the reasons that all the other kids want to play sports right so i would say like gentleness and calm people down uh yeah well, and I love that. And I think that's your book has has really humanized the story. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I think that's really part of the power of it. And I really encourage people to to pick up the book. I'm going to um, obviously put all the um, uh, contact information for the resources and your website so people can continue doing their investigation and thinking about how they can uh, continue to be supportive and learn more than get educated themselves as well. Uh, anything in our closing time here? Let me give you the last word that you want to make sure that uh, we, we didn't miss or, or anything that I've said that you want to just wrap up or clarify. Let me throw it back to you for the closing words. 
I mean, I think that um, I, you know, raising a trans child is like raising all children, you know? I mean, that's what I hope the book also isn't just about, you know, raising a kid who's different. Um, and, and that difference can be in many, many different ways. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hopefully it talks about just um, a family, you know, and, um, and how to love each other, uh, and how to stick up for each other and rally. Um, you know, it's about my husband and me and, <laughs> and, um, you know, how to, how to love each other, even when parenting is a struggle. Um, and so I think that, uh, yeah, that, I guess that's my hope is that, that the book is even broader than that for people and that people who, you know, are interested enough to pick it up, find something for themselves because when you're with somebody who's living their authentic life at, at great risk but living their authentic life wow it is very liberating you suddenly think i could be more authentic i i could live more authentically what would that mean for me you know how would that feel um and so i've been the beneficiary of that our whole family you know has been the beneficiary um, everybody who's known my daughter in some way has been the beneficiary of that. And so I think that that would be my my takeaway. Love it. Several times you um, uh, cited a, a Mary Oliver quote in there, and she's one of my absolute favorite poets. Um, and I'm not going to be able to recite. Do, do you know it? If, I don't mean to put you uh, on. Yeah, I don't know it exactly. But are, you know, it's about living your life. You know what I mean? And are, are you just doing it a little bit? Or are you really living your life? And um, yeah, you can you can live a bigger life. We can live a bigger life. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, thank you so, so much for making time for me. I hope that the book, uh, it goes gangbusters and that everybody picks it up. I'll put those links in the show notes and uh, good luck. I, I I really hope that there's going to be a, a follow. I don't know. Is there going to be a follow-up book? You know, mod, <laughs> mod at 20, mod at 30, mod at 90. I don't know. But anyways, I, I, I really love getting to know your family and thank you for this important contribution. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.